0: If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to us, with us, to Joshua chapter 6. Joshua chapter 6. I encourage you to keep your Bibles open. We go through a story that everybody probably knows by heart. Joshua chapter 6. is the Lord great this morning? Amen. Come to His house and sit in His presence and worship Him and love Him and let, his, let Him love us back. Somebody once said, is it real important that I go to church? Yes, it is. One of the most important aspects of church is that I get to sit with God's people in the presence of a living God who loved me so much, He sent His Son to die for me. Who is going to walk with me the rest of my life, even through the, uh, some of the trails that I take Him that He seem ungodly? He's always going to be there, and one day He's going to come back and get me and take me to heaven, and then I'll really find out how it is to worship. But, but brothers and sisters, let me share something with you this morning. When you come to God's house. There's no place better to worship than with God's brothers and sisters in Christ. God is going to teach uh, the Israelites something in these passages that we're going to read this morning. If you'll stand with us please. Joshua chapter 6 verse 1. Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given you unto thine hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor. Lord Jesus, we praise you for the opportunity that you've given us this morning. We praise you, Lord, that we are going to worship you. Share your word in a way that will encourage, strengthen, uplift, and challenge. That's our goal and that's our desire. And we'll give you the honor and glory for everything. But we ask it in your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Everybody remembers that the children of Israel were in Egypt and they were in bondage. No hope, no direction, no life, and no escape. And then God in his amazing power sends a man named Moses in. The children of Israel are let out of bondage. God did it. They cross the Red Sea and God opened up the Red Sea. They're on their way to the promised land. And so they make a decision to send twelve guys to spy out what the land of Canaan is and the only thing they could come back and say was there's a bunch of giants there. So all God's people said no we're not going. I'm paraphrasing here a little bit. So God says okay here's what I'm going to do. You're going to wander in the wilderness for forty years. Nobody over the age of 20 is going to make it to the promised land. That included Moses and Aaron. The only two people that were in that group uh, over uh, 20 that made it to the promised land was Caleb and Joshua. And so God parts the Jordan River over its bank, banks and he moves the river back. And the children of Israel walk over to the promised land. Now let me share something with you this morning. The promised land is not heaven. It doesn't represent heaven. It represents when you and I are saved, we're going to go into the promised land. In other words, we're going to live in God's blessings, God's touch, God's love, God's grace, God's mercy. And God has something for us to do as we're walking through this life. Okay, and so they go into Jericho and they come to the point and God says, Okay, Joshua, here's what I want you to do. I want you to uh, walk around Jericho 13 times, the first six days one time, the last day seven times, and shout, and I'm going to give you the victory. Now, I'm thinking all these Israelites are saying, look, we've been walking for... 20, 30, 40 years in the wilderness. And the first thing God wants us to do is just keep on walking. I'll share something with you this morning. That's where Baptists come from. They come from, we're Israelites, really. Okay? No, I'm kidding. But here they are. God's going to give them a victory in their life. It is a challenge in their life. Some people say, "Well, oh, Brother Doug, I'm supposed to be saved. Nothing's supposed to happen to me. Everything's supposed to go good. I'm, everything's going to be hunky-dory. And I'm going to live a life with Christ. And one day he's going to take me to heaven. I don't know who told you that. But who, whoever told you that, you need to go talk to them because they done lied to you. God is not going to leave his children just like they are. Now, I'm going I'm to share something with you we love the part where we're saved by grace and he's our savior but when it comes to the Lord part we got a little bit of problem with that because Jesus wants to push us into too many things that we don't think we can handle which we can't but we can with him so it made sense to God for them to bring uh, Jericho down like this it did not make sense to them but see folks understand something we live our life by faith. Faith is I can't see it. I don't understand all the time what God is doing. I can't see the end picture. But God expects me to follow Him and to grow up and to be a child of Him. I can't stay a baby all my life. I have to get on the, off the milk and on the meat. And there are too many of God's people sitting in churches today who are still sucking the bottle. And if they're not sucking the bottle, somebody's given them a pacifier. But I'm going to share something with you. One of these days, God's going to put us in a position that we're going to have to get off the milk and get on the, the meat of God's Word and God's direction for our life. Irregardless if we can understand it. Irregardless if we can see it. You know, we like to see the end of something before we start it. God don't work that way all the time. And God is going to take me to a place where I simply have to trust him. That's what faith is. And I'll never discover what faith is unless God puts me in some Jericho challenges in my life that will cause me to grow up and to be the child of God that he intended for me to be. So here they go. They're walking around. Now I'm gonna, I'm I want to use this two ways this morning, daddies, grandpas. If you're sitting in this service this morning, it is your responsibility to lead your family in a direction God wants him to go. It is not your wife's place. It is not grandma's place. It is uh, men. We're the ones that God uh, put in charge. Okay. Now, ladies, I, I know you don't like that word charge. But if you got a, a, a man who believes in the Word of God, who is led by God, you're going to hang on to him because there's a bunch of these jokers out here that don't even have a job. And church, let me show this is also a message for the church. We cannot stay the same that we are today. Okay? Because, listen... I, Brother George come here uh, 10 years ago, okay? About 20 people. The church started growing, right? And sometimes what churches do, they get to a place where they think, Hey, we got it made. Everything's okay. That's not God's plan. He has a lost world out here that this body has to touch for Jesus Christ. And He's going to push us to get us to where we live our life. By faith. And simply trust Him for what He says in our life. I want to give you some definitions of faith this morning. The first one is that faith has its conflicts. What are you talking about, Brother John? If I'm going to possess the blessings that God has for me, I want you to picture this. Here's a God who sent His Son to die for me. No strings attached. And I'm going to get salvation by grace. No strings attached. And I can love a a, a God that loved me so much in that way. No strings attached. It doesn't matter where I came from. What color I am, who my mom and daddy was, what church I belong to—all this stuff—it don't matter. God loves me, no strings attached. Amen. Okay, and so I need—I need to understand if I am going to follow the Lord, the devil, the world, the flesh is going to play games with me, and the first thing they're going to say is, "You—you can't do that." You're not smart enough. You don't look good enough. You're not man enough. All these excuses come out here for me to lay down what God has for me by faith. Now, understand something. If God sends me to do something, whether I'm a father or whether I'm this church, when God sends us, we already have the victory. I want you to see a word in that first verse. that says, Israel, uh, the second verse, excuse me. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given unto thy hand. They hadn't walked around Jericho yet. The walls of Jericho hadn't fallen down yet. God's assuring him that they're going to have the victory if he'll step up and lead the children of Israel in the direction they're going to go. Understand something, Daddy, in church. If God tells us to do it, God has already given us the victory, okay? But also understand there's going to be some conflict because I'm pushing against what my natural way I naturally think, and I'm pushing against Satan, and I'm pushing against the world, and, and there's going to be a conflict. And what most people do is say, well, i just give up and won't do it. God told me to do this, but I, everything is so hard and everybody's so negative and everybody doesn't want me to succeed. You ever had a pity party like that? That's what kills the, the way we think sometimes in the church. Okay, let's have a pity party. It's somebody else's fault. God ain't talking to somebody else. It, it, well, it's the devil's fault. Well, God ain't talking to the devil. God's talking to me. And He's telling me, Brother Doug, what you need to get do is you need to get up You need to get on with business and don't pay no attention to what other people are whispering around you or whispering to you. Just keep your focus on what's what's important. Listen guys, it doesn't matter what those others say. It matters what God says and God is the one who saved me and I'm His child and God is not going to let me lose. And I got nothing against other churches on, this, on the road out this way. That's not what I'm way I'm, reading, I'm saying this. Listen, it doesn't matter what some other church does. It doesn't matter how they conduct things. It doesn't matter what their worship service is. It doesn't matter how much money they got. It don't matter. God's telling this church right here, you need to get with it. Amen. You need to quit worried about what other churches think or what other people think. You need to get with it. Let's get down to business. I got some things that I want you as a church to do and you need to get up and get it. And you know what you need to do? You need to find your place in the Jericho Challenge. Get in line with other brothers and sisters in Christ. Don't you lag behind God's got a place for everybody in this church. Everybody. And God is saying, You need, He told Joshua, You need to get them and get them going. Now, sometimes we get down on Brother George. No, we wouldn't do that, would we? No. But sometimes we think in our mind, Where's he going with this? You know, And we can't see the end of it. Well, I want to share something with this morning, church. We got a pastor who's got a vision. Amen. Hey, listen, listen. It don't matter if we got the vision or not. God's give him the vision. And we need to get in line. I don't mean give up, quit thinking. But you need, we need to get in line. We need to discover what that vision is and get with them. Tim's got a vision for this praise team. It don't matter what other people think. It's Tim's vision. And the praise team needs to get behind Tim and say, hey, I'm going to do the best I can, brother. And we could go on and on and on down through the the church, whether Sunday school teachers or what. Listen, God's got a thing for this church to do. And just because we have conflict doesn't mean that we're supposed to stop and quit. It means we're supposed to get tougher, put on our armor, and get involved with God and say, God... I don't know where this is going. I don't know how it's going to wind up. But I do know one thing. I'm going to be a part of what you're doing. Come hell or of water. Yeah. 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 The, sex, the second thing is obedience. That's part of faith. I have to obey God. The great thing about Joshua was he listened. He believed. He obeyed. And he acted. Now, here's what we'll do. We'll listen. Okay? We'll pick up on that part. But then a lot of times that's where it stops. If I'm going to do what God wants me to do, I simply have to believe what God's Word says about who I am as a child of God. Now, I'm going to throw something at you. And I want you to get over it. You sitting in this church today... And you're thinking, I ain't much, or I can't do it, or, you know, all them can't deals. You need to get that crud out of your mind and understand who you are. You're a child of the living God who created everything. And if He created you and He's got something for you to do, you simply need to obey Him and act on it. Stand up and say, God, I'm going to be counted on. Amen. and that's what they did don't make sense Jericho was three, about three miles around circumference and I can see some of them Israelites they're thinking to themselves boy ain't this something here, this, here God is and we heard about what he done in Egypt and now we've crossed the Jordan and we've believed him and we've come to Jericho and Jericho had to be conquered Because it was a place that all the other roads led out of. And they needed to conquer Jericho so the armies of Israel could march in the direction God wanted them to. It was the first faith building thing for them in the land of Canaan. Do you know today, understand today, that God has a faith? He's going to build your faith? Can you trust Him to fulfill it? His purpose? We need a Jericho today. We need a Jericho that will challenge our faith. God's people have got fat, overweight, and I'm talking spiritually and some physically, if you look up here. Fat, overweight, slow and down. That's not who we are. We need our faith channeled. We We need to get our life in a position where we're hearing from God and we're it in our life and we're saying, okay, God, I can't see the end of this, but I'm going to believe you by faith. We need a Jericho today that will put God's people on their knees looking up to God and sit on their feet looking around at all this stuff in the world that looks so good. And here we are, God's children. We could get on our knees and look up and see heavenly things in our future. Listen, this... This world cannot compare to what God going to do for His children. No way, no how, no time. It ain't going to happen. And we spend too much time. God needs to shake the tree. Shake the fence. Too many of God's people are, are straddling it. I'm going to share something with you. If you're on the fence today, you can count one thing. Write this down so you can come back and tell Brother Doug, he shook my fence. He's going to shake your fence. That's right. Now you say, how do you know? Because mine's been shook a bunch of times. Amen. A bunch of times in life. We need a Jericho moment in our lives today to give us a, give God an opportunity to demonstrate His power. Oh, wouldn't it be wonderful to walk in church and just worship worship the Lord and have the power of God come over the church in the form of the Holy Spirit and just shape this place up. You say, brother. You say, Brother Doug, we got a good church. Amen, we do. But that don't mean it can't be a whole lot better. And, if, and the Holy Spirit shakes this place. Somebody's going to say, Oh Lord, I want you to forgive me. I'm going to get in line where you want me to be at. I'm going to be the one that's going to serve somebody else. I'm going to be the one that's going to be the helper. I don't need the spotlight on me. I just want the spotlight on you. God, please, I want to see your power. Shake my church. Today. Amen. We need a Jericho moment to see God in his victory. When's the last time you saw God? Well, brother Doug, I ain't never seen him. Yeah, you have. The day you were saved, you got a picture of who God was. You know what he looks like. You know how he, how he works. He's real. He's not some fairy tale deal. We know who, uh, who, who, God, what, how, who God is. The third thing is, we need face face patience. Circle this city 13 times in 7 days. Does that sound smart? Not to us. Here's what we want to do. Now take this right, church. Here's what we want to do. God says something to us, and we want to get in there and do it. We want to just get in there and do it. You know what? Sometimes God wants us to step back a little bit and listen to a little bit more of what he's trying to tell us. Okay? Christian, you know the reason people quit working in church? because they know God told them to do something and so they get into it and it don't work out like they think it is and they don't have the strength and they hadn't had the prayer time and they hadn't had the relationship with God and they haven't been in God's presence and let God stir their heart and their minds and because of that they quit God's going to tell you father and God's going to tell this church church I got something more for you but you don't you, you need to wait on me just a little bit don't get ahead of me. I'm going to do it just in time. Why, Why didn't God just let him go one day and shout? Why seven days? See, it don't, make, it don't make sense to us. But to God, it makes all the sense. Because they had to trust him to have the patience to wait on him to give them the victory. And he was going to make them wait. And guess what? There was a lot of things going on in people's mind when they walk around that three miles one day. And then two days. And they got to the last day and it was seven. Twenty-one miles they walked the last day. Is God trying to teach us something? Keep on trusting when the results are not happening. Lord, I took this Sunday school class. You told me to take it. and you got but five people and one of them's quit. Is this what you want me to do? If he gave it to you, it was. See, a lot of times we know we need to learn how to teach four people before we teach 30 people. Sometimes God wants us in the trenches of faith and not up on a mountaintop all the time. Because we don't learn nothing up on a mountaintop. But I can tell you what, and I know this by experience, if God's called me to do something and I didn't have five people and one of them quit, I'd, I'd get in and see what was going on. And I'd get my focus right. And I'd do what God wants me to do. And I'd ask somebody else to give me some advice. I mean, that's the way it works. But God wants us to wait and trust Him. The results, because if we don't wait and trust on Him for the results, we think we're the ones that done it. And you and I have never done anything that God, outside of God's will, that makes any sense, because we've lived in the flesh too long. It's got a, got control of us, and the only way that we're going to be able to get out of it is to, to let the Holy Spirit show us some patience. achievement. A shout of victory. Look at verses 20. Verse 20. It says, So, so the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets. And it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet. And the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. So that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. Imagine that! God's real. God's working. They didn't. They didn't have to do nothing except one thing, and that was shout. Christian, I'm going to ask you something this morning. You answer this in your own heart. When's the last time you gave a shout for God? When's the last time you let people know where you stood? The whole, all of them shouted, shouted at one time and the walls came down. You know what we do so many times? We do something for God that is special. That He's given us to do. That is personal. And when we get to the point. Where we see the victory like the children of Israel is. We want to. Every Sunday. Among God's people. There should be somebody. Giving a shout. To God. For what's happened in their life. Because if because if God hadn't done it, we'd still be in the same old hole that we've always been in. As a and listen to me, daddies, now listen to me. Your family ought to see you shouting for God. You say, "I got three kids, a wife. I'm behind on my rent." the washing machine's tore down. I got one car, me and my wife working opposite shifts. I'm trying to lead this family and God every time something comes up that it, uh, it just drives me more and more back. Let me, you don't think the devil's going to play with you? He played with Satan, I meant with Jesus. But here's when he does get you out of all that. Does your family hear you give a shout to God for what God has done in your life? Because if it hadn't been for God, you'd have still had one car. And you'd have still been hungry. And you wouldn't have the smarts to uh, to get out of it. A shout of it. Every step was a step of faith. We live in the modern age. Microwaves and cell phones. God bless them. <laughs> I'm getting old. I told him the other day. I like my meat fried. Amen. I don't like it in the microwave. <laughs> I like to talk to people face to face. Amen. I don't like talking on the phone. I mean, if somebody calls me and says, Brother Doug, so-and-so is sick or in the hospital, I want you to do that. Don't get me wrong what I think, say. But I don't want to spend my time with a phone I'm, You know, things are changing, you're laughing at me, but you know what? Forty years from now, those cell phones will be antique, and there'll be something you'll be talking about the younger generation just like I am now. It's going to come. When's the last time you told God you loved Him? God, I know things are tight. God, I know things are not going all my way. God, I know that. God, I just like to stop and throw up my hands, Father. But I, I, I but I want to stop. I want to, I want to stop right now. And I want to give you praise and glory for what you're doing in my life. And let the walls that got you bound down and fall down. And you be able to walk over in victory. It's time for God's people to stand up and give God a shout in their life. The city was demolished, burned, and cursed. No more Jericho. We will never see God's supernatural power unless we let him uh, give us a Jericho challenge. Don't you go through life wanting everything roses. All of us need a challenge. It's the way we grow. What is a Jericho in your life? You got one this morning. You say, Brother Doug, everything's going fine. I, I couldn't ask for anything better. Then you hang around a couple weeks. Because God's not going to leave you there. God's going to move you up. And He's going to move you out of where you're at. God wants us to experience victory and power. See, that's where we got it. We, We got it wrong. We're looking at the world and saying, God, I got it all. And the greatest gifts that we get is, is God's children. Now remember folks, He made us for, for it. It's a blessings that God has for our life. That's the important thing. All I have to do is yield to Him. All I have to do is don't give up. I'm going to close with this. Where are you at daddy in your, spirit, in your Jericho challenge? brother Doug I've been going through this for a month two months well it may last a little longer than that but where you at what does this church do when God stretches us you know I was talking to brother George Uh, we talk talk a lot you remember the first time we built on this church see I'm old I give out I wanted to sit back and relax just a little bit. The Monday morning after we dedicated what we built, he said, you know what? I said, what? He said, we've got to buy 250 more chairs. I said, where are we going to put them at? We're going to have to find a place for them. That's the thinking that God wants in our life. And I'm not patting Brother George on the back, okay? That's not the reason I said that. That's the thinking God's people need to have. you got a Jericho. God's got victory. When's the last time you shouted and praised God? As it's Him and the praise Him come. I don't know where you're at this morning. I know there are some in this church that are facing things uh, that are tough. People are sick. A number of things. But God is stirring you today to come to Him and let Him guide your life. And the only way we can do that is to come to our knees and tell God, I can't handle it. I'm going to give it to you. And Christian, let me share something with you. Don't you come to this altar and give it to God and get up and take it with you. Because you defeated your purpose. Church, let me share something with you. God's going to stretch us. I'm going to give you a deal here. When a church is small, there ain't no problems. When a church gets bigger, it has some problems. That's the way it is. But when a church comes together, and they're giving a shout to God, God's going to take care of all those problems because He's going to put some people on their knees and they're going to ask for forgiveness and they're going to get up and grow up. Okay? If you'll stand, what is please. What's God asking you to do today? Will you do it as he as he as they sing?